0: Hey gang, welcome back to Marriage Therapy Radio, and again, sincerely, thank you for listening. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. Um, Today we're going old school. We're talking about um, some of the kind of basic topics, criticism and defensiveness, that get in the way for a lot of couples. We're trying to talk about it in new ways, which I really enjoyed, Um, so I can't wait for you to listen to it. Before that, I just wanted to remind you, this is the last week, this last week of uh, June and July, to register for the Marriage Therapy Journal Book Club if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the Marriage Therapy radio page and there's a drop down with products and there's all the information that you will need. We're going to start early in July. Um, but for now, um, again, we're talking about criticism and defensiveness. I lo- it's one of my favorite topics, especially defensiveness. And it's a very cool conversation. Stick around.
1: I've described, by the way, to how this how this works. So in case for our listeners, you want to this is how it goes. I FaceTime Zach. So we're looking at each other through our phones. And we go, hey, buddy, what's up? Okay, go ahead and hit record. And then this is how we catch up. <laughs> yeah. So we're catching up. And part of catching up is I wanted to share with you like a big win in, in my life and in my relationship okay. that happened recently, which I'm really excited about. So I want to share that with you and our, you know, okay. like six listeners. So <laughs> it's not six. I know it's not six. I, so husband and I went and our son, we went camping. And on our camping extravaganza, we decided it was raining. So we were going to head to the coast where it wasn't raining, which is very rare for the Oregon coast.
0: You decided it was raining?
1: I decided it was raining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I decided I was over the rain because when you're camping and it's raining, it just, like you get cabin fever. It's less fun. It's less fun. It's less fun. So on our drive, um, I said to my husband, um, babe, if you were unhappy, you would tell me, right? Because what I'm experiencing is a little bit of PTSD of my clients because I've had a lot of Mm -hmm. clients that have come to me and said, I have been totally blindsided. My partner has not shared with me that they've been unhappy. And Mm. I've, I, I've just like completely knocked away. Like here we are sitting on your couch, Laura, you're, you're sort of like, metaphorical couch, because I do everything virtually. We're sitting on our couch. How about that? And my partner's saying, I want a divorce. And I had no idea that there was anything wrong. And they're citing pain and discomfort in the relationship for the last six years. So I'm driving down the road. My husband's pretty quiet. And I, I turn to him and I say, babe, you would tell me if you were unhappy, right? And he long pause. And it's that moment <laughs> where I was like, oh, mother effer, what did I just open up a can of worms on this mm. road trip? and he said i am unhappy and i just sort of took a big deep breath and i said oh boy here we go kids napping let's let's figure mm. this out and he said i'm unhappy with my job and mm. so i took a big breath and i said okay um so let's talk more about that because when he's unhappy with his job it really does impact his overall happiness and well-being sure um So we had this long conversation on the drive and it turns out, yes, he's absolutely unhappy. And here's what we came up with. And this is the win. This is why I was super excited. I said, quit your job. This is so opposite of everything that I have inside of me because I need security and I need money. And I just said, I think it's time that you have a sabbatical and that you find some pleasure in life and other things. And maybe you focus on, you know, getting your parents squared away and Oh, I had to mention Judy Heck, getting Judy Mm -hmm. Heck squared away. And Mm -hmm. um, maybe we focus on you getting your health right and like getting in really, really good shape. He's had some health concerns this last year Mm -hmm. and we had it all figured out in our, I would say like eight hour adventure to the Oregon coast and to Tillamook. uh, I finally went by the way to Tillamook cheese factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We figured out how we were going to amp up my private practice and I was going to be the breadwinner. And I've never been in a place financially where I could be the breadwinner and and manage our mortgage and all of that. But I, I guess we decided we were going to do that, and he was going to take a one year sabbatical. And I'm just, I guess, I'm kind of curious from you. How, and I also thought this would be really an interesting exercise. Do you think that you and your partner could switch roles? So the roles that I play are that I am supportive. I'm in a supportive financial role. I'm kind of like gravy a little bit. Um, Mm. Where my husband is the meat and potatoes, I'm like the gravy. And then I'm also the primary caretaker. I'm the house, home taker, all of those things. And we basically decided in the matter of six hours that we were going to completely flip-flop and switch our roles. Do mm-hmm. you think you have the guts to do that? I'm just curious.
0: Do I, Zach, think that?
1: Do you, Zach, think that you and Rebecca could switch roles tomorrow? No. Why?
0: Um, because... I don't want to do any of her stuff. She I don't want to, want to do, do any. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: She doesn't want to do any of my stuff. Yeah. And you know, we just have uh, we have a pretty pretty good system and it's for me it's not about um breadwinning or caretaking. Well, it's probably more about caretaking because there are certain p- parts that I play in the parenting realm that I'm just good at. they are my lanes. We've talked about lanes before. Yeah. And she has other lanes. We don't um financially we pretty much carry the same um we're pretty much the same, um, which is fine. And, uh, but uh, you know, I think we don't, we, we could allow the other one to take their foot off the pedal. Okay. But like, I don't do school. Like I have nothing to do with school and I I don't want to do anything about school at all. Ever.
1: I don't think my husband wants to do the dishes and clean up the house. By the way, we made this arrangement. I'm not even joking. Um, we made this arrangement that, I was going to do 30 minutes of laundry every day and he was going to do 30 minutes of dishes every day um, because everything was kind of getting out of control and we decided we need to sort of Mm. come up with some solutions for housework. And how many times do you think my husband has done the dishes?
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'll go with zero.
1: <laughs> no, he did it. He did it one time the very first day. And today the I did. First. Yeah, the yeah. very first day. And today I did the dishes after they didn't get done the last two days. And I did them really loud just so he would be aware <laughs> <laughs> that the dishes were being done. But um, I, I don't necessarily. It's funny how we
0: have different todays because you're like, today I did the dishes. And I was like, today I woke up and turned on my computer and started talking to you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember. Today I got up,
0: I exercised, I hung out with Holden. We had story time. I wrote, some, did some dishes. I, you know,
1: it's so true. Like, mm-hmm. Uh huh. I got up, went yeah. to the bathroom, and came my to teeth. talk to you. Yeah, I did give you a lot, a lot uh, of crap when when I texted you and said, "Hey, let's do the podcast." And I I gave you the nine a.m. and you said, ah, give me ten a.m. Give me ten a.m." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "No problem. I will have been up since five thirty. I'll have four and a half yeah. hours worth of work under my belt."
0: Well, you know what we did? We put our kids on a plane on Sunday. Um, they are in Virginia, so Rebecca wow. and I are here alone for like ten days. And um, mm-hmm. the house is so much bigger. Our house is huge now, yeah, um, because it's been it's been occupied by four adults for ninety days, and now yeah. it's um, and now it's just the two of us. It's quiet. And it's
1: what are you going to do with all clean. of that time together?
0: We're uh, we're binging shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we're uh, Are you just walking
1: around the house naked. Are you eating Twizzlers naked? and all we're the get junk away food? This, we're going
0: to go away this weekend, I think, and take a, like a, just a couple like a two day
1: a staycation. A yeah. Vacation. Maybe we'll go to
0: Bend. Maybe we should come to Bend and just like crash at your place for a couple days.
1: I mean, wait, this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Do it. That would be great. Love to have you I'll put
0: it on a list of options.
1: Yeah. You don't have Corona, right? I don't um, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. This thing is so weird. Um, the other thing we're doing is we're binging the John Wick movies. Have you watched the John Wick movies?
1: Is it? Who's the main character?
0: Keanu Reeves.
1: Oh, uh, it's interesting. I had a really good sex dream about Keanu Reeves once. I'm just saying, oh, I did have something I wanted to talk to you about. No, no, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Never mind, because clearly, sex streams was what uh, brought my attention. <laughs> Reminded me of something. I'm like, no, I have clients that listen to the podcast. So I'll keep my sex streams to myself.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I, um, so, so the the Gottman Institute has this thing called the Marriage Minute, and they yeah. send out an email. I don't know. Is it once a day, once a week? I'm, I think it's I'm not once, sure.
1: I think it's about once a week.
0: Every once in a while, though, they will include an article that I wrote often from the Alphabet series that I did. And I think a couple, like, I don't know, last week or the week before, the, uh, they they included the one about um, defensiveness. D is for defensiveness. D is,
1: and this is all, this is how your first book was written, was yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. because
1: you were writing these weekly posts. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But what happens then is people will email me and say, hey, I just read this article that you wrote about defensiveness. And I'm like, wait, I did? When?
1: Because I wrote this? that in like yeah.
0: 2015. Yeah. And this guy wrote me, and he was like, Hey, I just want you to know that uh, I read the article that you wrote about defensiveness. And when you said that thing about your wife, I got defensive for you. And I was about to tell her to F off. <laughs> and I was like, What did I say about my yeah. wife? What, what was the deal? You know?
1: Yeah. Um, you had to go back and reread the I had to go back that article. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go back and
0: read it. Yeah. I had to go back and read it. Because I think uh, the it, it, here's what it was it was a story about how I came home from Costco. And I was unloading the groceries and I think I put like some chicken on the counter. So you buy Costco, you buy chicken at Costco, you buy.
1: 35 you know, pounds of it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh,
0: and then you're not going to cook it right away. So you got to freeze it. You got to break it up and put it yeah, in the freezer. Yeah. And so I, I have this like, you know, pack of chicken breasts sitting on the counter. And my wife says something to me like.
1: You're going to give us all Are salmonella? you going to put that away? Yeah.
0: Are you going to put that away? <laughs> and, and the defensive part of me when I was, you know, five years younger than I am now. hmm probably said something like, well, well, what do you think I'm going to do? Of course I'm going to put it away. Like you think (laughs) I'm going to just going to leave raw chicken on the counter or something? Sure. And I think I included that in the article and the guy was like, I can't believe she said that to you. And I said, I said to him, I said, you know, I've come a long way since then. And, uh, Hmm. and I'd come a long way since, since before then, because as you and our listeners may know, (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: uh, Defensiveness is my thing. Like that's what I'm really good at. But I wanted to tell you my, um, My new favorite analogy that I use about defensiveness when uh, it comes up in my office. Do you want to hear it?
1: Uh, I would love to. I don't think I have an option, so go for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't. (laughs) So here's what I think. I feel like we've talked about this before, but if it's a repeat, fine. Just remember that this is a helpful thing. This can be helpful for you. Just remember
1: that Zach is in his mid-40s and his brain just isn't quite as sharp as it used to be.
0: Oh, my Lord. You're not kidding. I feel like (laughs) that's a totally different track because I feel like that's true because of... um, this whole like, Corona thing. I'm having a brand new theory about that. By the way, we used to remember when we used to joke about it. What? <laughs> Coronavirus and the quarantine. Um. We're like, let's not talk about that thing everybody's talking about. That's right. going to go away in two weeks.
1: Right. Well, we were like <laughs> week three into it. And we just you couldn't not talk about it. And now it's just a part of our daily life. Okay, yeah. go on, go on with your your new metaphor. Right, so I think
0: the world needs defensive people. So um, mm. I grew up playing soccer. The place where I was excelled as a player and all the best teams I ever played on, I was a marking back. I was an outside defender in the back. And I was really good at that. I was really good at taking things that other people wanted to create and then destroying them. That's just what defensive people do. And there's a role those people have. But I found this new metaphor that I love because I'm watching this show, which is another... (laughs) It's a whole other topic. We have other topics. All, all Apparently
1: other topics. all Zach does is just watch shows with his wife <laughs> and think about new metaphors. Go
0: um, on. So think about um, uh, defensive people are the people that we hire to to man the castle wall, right? We put them on top of the castle and they sure. march up and down and they've got their bow and arrow. And we need them because they protect us from things that are threatening. Mm-hmm. So, but here's a thing. If if you're on the castle wall and you hear a noise in the woods, You don't immediately fire arrows into the woods, right? You if you're a really good soldier, what you do is you stop, you listen a little bit harder, maybe you pull out your binoculars or your whatever you have, maybe you call a buddy over and say, Hey, do you hear that sound? Uh huh. And maybe it's zombies. Maybe it's zombies coming out of the woods, but it's probably elk. It's probably a herd of elk moving through the woods. Sure. And so those of us who are defensive.
1: Zombies in the castle.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Those of us who are defensive, I think we need to learn the skill of like feeling threatened okay. by the noise or the criticism that we yeah. perceive comes from our partner. And maybe like Ryan did, like maybe if, you know, you and Ryan, maybe he gets defensive when he, said, when you, he hears you say, are you happy? Mm. And he goes, and like, like, well, of course I'm happy. Like, what's your problem? I'm like, but yeah. no, what he did was he paused, right? He paused long enough mm-hmm. to say, no, I'm not. And this isn't a threat that's coming at me or, Mm -hmm. or a a challenge that's coming at me. It's, it's a, it's a legitimate offer.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that, um, again, those of us who are defensive need to learn how to wait long enough to figure out whether or not the thing that feels like a threat is actually a threat. Yeah. And, uh, that's the skill I think I've cultivated around the chicken. When I wrote this guy back, I said, if that happened to me today, if I came home from Costco today with that mm-hmm. chicken and left it on the counter and Rebecca said, are you going to put that away? I would probably, I, in fact, I know for sure. I would pause and then I would probably say, did you notice they put a new light in at 145th?
1: <laughs> no, you wouldn't.
0: I totally would. I Is would, that I your would repair?
1: Not, you wouldn't engage. It's just, you a, it's just a not,
0: I'm not going to respond to this perceived threat.
1: But does she probably, hear? She hears that, and she does. She immediately go, mm, "Okay, he just changed the subject. Probably, He's, he probably, probably was a, offended in some way. He got defensive yeah. about what I said." Yeah, okay.
0: probably. And then, um, and that's part of just how we've learned how to cope with that particular issue for the last, you know, five years or so.
1: So I, it's funny because you're talking about this, and I hope I hope my new clients are listening because, um, I I often will ask this in in a. um, In a session, number one is like the very first time I meet people, I will often ask them, what are you bring to the table? What are your bad habits? What are you aware of that's not serving the relationship? And then they get to tell on themselves. And it's one of those moments where um, their partners for the very first time are turning and looking at them and saying, oh, you're actually owning up to this. Okay, all right, that's cool. So when when they sit down and they say, well, I get to be, I'm super defensive um, or I raise my voice or I have a nasty tone. And then a follow-up question will usually be, if you've done therapy before they, or maybe you've been struggling with this issue in your relationship, how have you tried to fix it? And uh, one of my new clients said, I loved this. She said, well, you know, you count to five and then you respond. And her husband looked at her and she goes, I mean, it's a good strategy. It's not like I've (laughs) used it, but it's a solid strategy. And I said, that's great. So I can see that, you know, you've learned that along the way we haven't learned how to actually utilize it. But what, what she was getting at was the counting to five was what I think you're talking about is being on the castle wall, hearing something in the woods and deciding rather than just immediately shooting arrows, which is what a lot of us do when we're defensive is we just immediately respond. Um, or react, I guess, is probably the other way. What you're saying is count to five, take a moment, listen a little harder, gain some sort of perspective as to, well, there's one elk there that I can see. There's probably a herd of elk that are further in the woods that are causing all the rustling, and then respond appropriately. Count to five, figure it out. Yeah. I like that it, strategy. You
0: know, it makes me think too of the, uh, the other side of that, right? let's say I do want to penetrate the castle and I do have my little, little army. Um, cause I'm watching this show. It's called the last kingdom and it's about, um, Utred, son of Uhtred. And he's like always fighting the Danes and the English and the whatever else. And, but he, um, let's flip it over. Right. The criticizer, the person who wants to get, who right. wants to accomplish something. Um, mm-hmm. the criticizer usually takes, uh, his army and brings a show of force, like just, at, to the gate, like just comes at it with a big battering ram. Sure. And that is the easiest thing to defend, right? Because I can see you, you're being violent. I can meet your violence with violence. You know, uh-huh. like I can, um, Utred, who is this like master soldier, he, um, is a guy who, he kind of marches around the castle for a day, looks for the, the, the back the door sneaky the, way where, in. Like, where like the, um, the The uh, servant gals come and get the water to fill the mm-hmm, castle mm-hmm. and he waits for them because they come out every morning at seven o'clock. And then he, mm-hmm. he goes in through that sort of back door with his little yeah. army. And I think the critic, so the criticizer who, who generally wants to use force as their agent of change needs to learn how to like survey the scene and, and figure out what's going on. And, um, cause we, we criticize cause we want something to be different. Um, And, Mm. you know, a strategy for making...
1: Can you say just a little bit more about that? Because I do think that that's interesting in that the strategies that we have developed along the way, like when I ask my clients, what are the bad habits that you have that aren't serving your relationship? They are habits that we've picked up that have served us in some way. And I think it's important to understand if you're going to replace a habit, if you're going to replace defensiveness or criticism or one of the four horsemen, what's the purpose? Like, what is it serving? What are you actually doing so that you can do it in a better way? And what you said I thought was fascinating, which is, okay, say it again, criticism.
0: We criticize because we want things to be different. Um, And so what I, what I try to teach my clients often is that a criticism is a, is really just a bad complaint
1: and mm. frankly,
0: we complain because we want things to be different. Yeah. You could say, Ryan, like this sucks. I can't believe that you're not doing the dishes. Like you, we had an agreement <laughs> and you're so lazy, right? That's you saying, I want you to do the dishes.
1: Right. Which, or you could
0: say, or you which could say. I,
1: underneath, I would say, I mean, there might be, I'm going to cut you off because apparently everybody thinks you cut me off. So I'm going to cut you off today. right. We'll it's make fine. it fair. That's uh fine. It underneath that, like you said, because I want him to do the dishes, but then there's even more underneath that. If I was to come to my partner and say, it's, you know, I want you to do the dishes. Really what I want is I want to feel like there's equity. And I want to feel like yeah. I'm respected in this relationship and that my time is as important as his time. And when yeah. he doesn't do the dishes, I feel um, inadequate or that he doesn't respect me as a person and that my time is just as important because I'm also working. So it's it's also not just about the dishes. And yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I. Okay.
0: So what I was marching down to is like, so the criticism is the one that I just served up Mm -hmm. and the criticism is a bad complaint. Cause you could Mm -hmm. just be standing in the kitchen and being and go, this is such a mess. Like I hate when the house is a mess and I feel, I just, I'm so, I'm just bummed that, that I have to do these dishes. Like that's you complaining. And the reason you're complaining is because you want something to be different, but a complaint is just a bad ask. And the ask is, Hey, Hey buddy. Um, we both want this house to be clean and we both want equity and we both want to be, so could you, are you going to do that thing that you said you were going to do? Cause mm-hmm. that would help me a lot to mm-hmm. like actually respect you and maybe want to have sex with you and maybe be drawn to you and da-da-da. like, mm-hmm. so you know, the ask is the surveying the scene, the walking around, the getting underneath what you really want. Cause you don't yeah. want the dishes to be clean. You want equity. Right. And and then sneaking in the back door when the ladies come out to get the water for the castle, right? Like that's the—that's what I think we need to appreciate about the sort of the nuance of like being wanting things to be different is fine. That's allowed. Right. right. Becoming critical about it is problematic. Mm. Being defensive instinctually, that's allowed. Becoming mean or irresponsible mm. in your defensiveness, that's not—that's not cool. That's a waste of arrows. Like
1: mm-hmm. I
0: just—I just threw a bunch of arrows away, and it's just some. Some deer eating some grass, like that's yeah, yeah, stupid. You know, um, <laughs>
1: it's an interesting way to put it. So I to me, it just sounds like you're giving people tips on how to be more critical or how to be more, like better defensive, be- better defensive. Well, I
0: think, <laughs> and again, I think the world needs defensive people and the world needs critical people. Right? We need people who can look around and say something has to be different here. Mm-hmm. Like there, this needs to change.
1: Yeah, um,
0: this isn't working. Yeah. Um being critical isn't problematic. Being mean Mm. while being critical is, is problematic, you know? Yeah.
1: Making it an attack on your partner rather than saying, this is something that's not serving me and I'd like it to be better. It's not working. I want it to be better. Yeah, I mean, I say I say that all the time that it's we need to be able to complain and criticize and give feedback and teach our partners how to love us and how to better serve this relationship through feedback and that feedback can come in this form of a request or an ask or a complaint or a need or a desire or whatever it might be, but we need that so that we can level up the relationship and ultimately make things so much better for us. It's a lot of complaining to get to a lovely relationship.
0: Yeah, or a lot of asking. I mean, that's, that's the reality is uh, what what was the, we, we were um, on the heels of that documentary from the last episode, Mm -hmm. you know, would that guy say, be kind and ask for what you need? Yes. Like (laughs) learning how to ask for what you need is a skill. You can learn how to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, often we ask for that in in mean ways.
1: Right. You know? Um, Yeah. Going back to my original story, my husband has asked for a role swap um, this last year a lot. He has just huh. sort of offhandedly said, like, you know what? I, this is what he says. You know what I want? I want for you to build your practice so that you can make just a ton of money and I can just be like a kept husband. He has said that <laughs> multiple times. And yeah. we kind of joke and, and laugh it off because he's, he's actually giving me a compliment that there is some light in in the in the at the end of the tunnel that my practice is going well enough that he could you know ultimately take a step back and not have the stress on his shoulders which by the way men um i know that this is not always true but i think that it still can be a generalization that men carry a lot of the financial burden of a family and that is not a fun place to be in even yeah. when you have dual earner income i do still think that culturally men carry that burden on their shoulders of needing to sort of maintain the, make sure that bills are paid and yeah. So anyway, uh, he has said that many times, but it wasn't until I asked him, how are you really like what's going Mm -hmm. on? And he shared with me what was actually in his heart that I was able to hear him and for the very first time say, okay, like, I think we could make this happen. And I asked him, I said, are you surprised at all that I offered to swap roles with you? And Mm -hmm. he said, no, no. I'm not. And I said, really? Because this is my greatest fear is that you would quit your job and we would have to figure out how to pay for insurance and I, mm-hmm. all of this. And he said, no, because I know that deep down you love me more than anything else and that you're willing to keep me happy. And I went, all right, I'm doing my job.
0: Do you know what my greatest fear is? What? Bears.
1: Yeah. Is there a dad joke in here?
0: No, it's just true. I think bears are terrifying.
1: Speaking of dad joke, did you get the last email? Um we had a we had a gentleman, it was pretty great, uh, that sent us a dad joke. I wanna you keep talking. I'm gonna find it because I thought <laughs> it was really funny.
0: Um I I thought it was a, a fair to Midland dad joke. It was an average dad joke, but um, Oh, did you
1: you read it too? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I want to find it if I can. <laughs> I think I just forwarded it to you and was like, here's your dad joke for you.
0: Hang in there, guys. Hang in there, listeners. We're going we're gonna to find. <laughs> I just remember the punchline. Hold on. If I type in the punchline, it'll come up on my computer.
1: I can't, I can't find it. He you says, just...
0: uh, this is from Chris. So Chris, here you go. You ready, buddy? Um, what did the father buffalo say to the boy buffalo when he went to school?
1: Bison. <laughs> <laughs> I said that one. To, I, I actually, <laughs> I said bison. that one. Bison. I said that to my, um to my husband, actually. And he didn't even give me a courtesy laugh. I think no, he just went. Yeah, hmm, it's hmm. not funny. All right. Let's land this plane. What do you say? You got
0: it. Um, All right. I, I say, I say, amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Bye guys. Until next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, Zach's book club is available for registration until the fireworks go off on July 4th, 2020, in case you're wondering what year you're listening to this. Um, And so this is the Marriage Therapy Journal book club. You can learn more about it by going to our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. Click on the products tab and you can learn all about the book club. Thanks so much for all of your time and your energy making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.